0: So welcome to True North Podcast, where we help you find your path forward. I'm Mark Davis, and the co-creator of this podcast is Dr. Frank Griffin. We're coming to you virtually for the first time. This is uh, the unfortunate impacts of the, the days we're living in right now. But we have content we wanted to share with you, so we're giving this a shot. So we hope you enjoy what we have to offer and continue to watch us. So today, Frank, I would like to uh, talk about our backgrounds. I think the uh, listeners and viewers should have an idea that we know where we come from and we know what we speak of. Mm. So if you don't mind starting, give some background.
1: Sure, sure, sure. No problem, Mark. I appreciate that. Absolutely, you know, to really appreciate where you are, you need to understand where you came from. No doubt about it. The life lessons. It also allows us to be able to look back and give back, right? So, some of the directions and paths and mistakes we've made, others don't have to make them. Some of the successes we've had, people can leverage and kind of uh, build on top of those successes. So, a lot of our backgrounds very similar. Mark and I, we spent first half of our lives, uh, well, a third of our lives together, right? Quite a bit. But uh, I was born in Indianapolis, grew up on the west side of India, went to a school called 41 and also Crispus Addicts High School. My childhood was pretty active. I did baseball, basketball, football. I took bowling up later on in my early teenage years. My parents were pretty conservative and pretty strict. Up to about 16 years old, they really dictated what we could and could not do for the first 15 years or so. But once we got our driver's license, they allowed us to start making our own decisions. And I appreciate that. I try to parent that way with even with my kids. And although my parents are pretty strict, I really appreciate what they did for my brother and I. Most of my success, I would have to attribute to them. I just really appreciate all that they have done. They prioritize two key things that I want to talk a little bit about. Two things. They introduced me and prioritize a relationship with God. That was one thing that I forever be grateful for and has directed all of my life. And they value the necessity of an education. So those two things really dictated kind of where I've directed my life over the last 50 plus years. Right? My parents didn't have a, even have a high school education, but they understood the value of education. Right? They made sure that my brother and I got our education because they realized the importance of education. So I greatly appreciate that. Talk a little bit about that education path, which is so important in my life as I think about it. Uh the four years I we were at Christmas Addicts High School. We were there three years together. Addicts was not a college preparatory school. <laughs> we laugh for a lot of reasons. <laughs> we, we laugh for a lot of reasons. Nothing because Addicts, I was just walking the halls of Addicts a, a couple of weeks ago, Mark. I didn't think I told, told you. I should have went to go see. Some of those old pictures, but it looks great. They're doing a great job, but it was not a college preparatory school. I'll let Mark talk about some of the classes that we had to take. But what Attic did for me was it built character and confidence in me, right? We were, both of us were kind of a big man on campus in high school for a lot of different reasons. We were pretty successful in high school, right? So we were big fish in a small pond. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh,
1: very true very yeah true. but when we went to the big pond or the oh, ocean goodness. the ocean <laughs> right it was a little different but yeah i what i learned though from that experience at addicts is, is if you work hard then good results would come out right and the problem was i didn't realize how hard i needed to work i knew i had to work hard and i thought i was working hard but i had no idea i had no idea Also. Something else about my high school career real quick, I want to turn it over to Mark in just a few minutes, but we both played high school basketball for four years, and I learned a couple of things from that experience. For me, I learned the importance of teamwork, which is critical, right? You got to work with other people. I had someone who worked for me once that was the most talented person on the team, but couldn't work with people. Brilliant, but couldn't work for people. And ultimately, we had to let him go. Right. No one could even, even myself, could not compete with his brilliance, but he didn't know how to work as a team. Right. You got to work as a team. Right. So I learned that when I played basketball. And I learned under Coach Humes, Larry Humes, shout out to Coach Humes, um, the importance of hard work. Right. You didn't do it right. You had to run lines. I remember those lines. I remember, boy, but you had Thankful. to. You had to painful, painful. Yes. But, but you know, if you put in the work, you yeah. can expect positive results. And that was what I learned, right? If you put in the work, you can expect positive results. So, so, But if you did not put in the work, right, most times you would end up disappointed. I can look back those times when I was disappointed I didn't put in the work. It was very few times. And even if I put in the work and the results didn't come out as well, I could accept that. Right. But what I struggle with is when I didn't do all that I should have done and the results didn't come out the way I wanted. Right. I can look at nobody but the man in the mirror. Right. So so that that was a huge some huge life lessons that I picked up during my high school career. While I was in high school, I was told that I was good in math and science, and I thought I was good at math and science. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so they said, you should be an engineer. I said, sure. They said, you should go to Purdue because it's an hour away. It's one of the best schools in the country in engineering, which all that was true. It's still one of the best engineering schools in the country, if not the world. Oh, great. It has, I've traveled the world, and it's recognized in China, in Europe. In South America, in Australia, people know the name Purdue. So that name itself carries a lot of weight, opens a lot of doors, right? Opens a lot of doors. So, so that Purdue experience was good, really good for me. I remember my first math test. I think it might have been calculus. Might have been calculus, I think. My first math test, it was the first D I've ever got never have ever gotten a D before D as in dog D. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that shocked me. I thought I could put in, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. Right. And get, you know, the typical age that I got. Right. Because that's what we did at Mm addicts. Yep. No, no, no. Yeah, no. no so, sure. so it shocked me into shape. And I, I learned and I realized that I was going to have to work much harder than some of my peers around me that already took these classes in high school. Right. So that was a huge lesson. I was like, man, this this was review for them. And it was new for me. So I, I realized that I was going to have to put in the effort. And even years later, as I went back to school to get other degrees, And I'll talk about those those in a second. I realized that school wasn't particularly hard. I thought it was hard at the time, but it was more about time management. I really, years later, I realized that, you know, it's nothing that I could not absorb or learn. It's just, I might just have to put a little more extra time in, right? So that was was a, a great life lesson, right? In many cases, for many of you, you know, you might feel that, you can't compete. Yes, you can. You just got to put in a little more time. You might have to put in two hours where someone else on the other side of the tracks, right, only have to put in an hour. So what? So what? Put in your two hours and get the same piece of paper that everyone else has, right? And open up those same doors. Nothing I could not do if I applied myself, right? So I, um, I kind of figured that out as I go. I just have to put in the time and work. To match the requirements assigned to me, right? No matter if, if it was computer science, math, physics. And in, in my physics class, I never got this, but they were giving out negative scores. Ne- negative. My physics class, <laughs> there was an average of 17. An average, and people were getting like negative 12 on a class. How do you get? <laughs> because if you guessed wrong, he took points off. It was, ah. Uh, it was just another level. I was a small fish in a big pond. So, but I, ha- I realized I just had to put forth more effort, right? So I put forth that effort. I got out of school, finally got it out. I got out of Purdue. And after I graduated, I worked for a few different companies. I bopped around quite a bit. My path was a little different there from Mark's. I, I bopped around. I worked actually for, I counted them about an hour ago. I worked for about six Fortune 500 companies. I was blessed enough to get experience to work for six, some very short, some much longer, but six Fortune 500 companies. The company I'm working for now is by far the best company i ever worked for and the best culture. But uh, I worked for a lot of companies, learned from a lot of great leaders. I learned what not to do from a lot of poor leadership, right? And you learn from both. You learn from both. But I worked, and about 10 years into my professional career, I decided I wanted to go back to school. I just had this desire. It was just a part of me to, to learn more. I just learned. I, I never enjoyed reading until I was in my 30s. And even in my 30s, when I started learning, enjoying to read, my wife would always read. And she would blow by books, and then she would give me a book, and I would be still on the first book, and she will be through the fourth book, you know. She'd just read. I read like an engineer. I read very slow and methodical. And I just never, but I learned, I learned, I love to learn. I just read and I learned, I read and I learned. So I decided to go back to school and I was going to get my MBA. This is in the nineties, in the mid to late nineties. And I wanted to get my, but then God got involved and he just redirected me a totally different way. I was planning to go and, uh, you know, take whatever test I need to take. And work on getting my MBA somewhere, but I end up going down this theology path and went down this theology path. And instead of getting an MBA, I got a couple of theology degrees, ultimately getting my doctorate in theology in 2010. It took a while. It took about 10 to 12 years. You know, I got my bachelor's and my master's, a couple of degrees in theology, finally getting my doctorate degree in theology in 2010. I was thinking, man, I'm done. I'm done. I'm just gonna work. And we start pastoring a church in 2010. My wife and I in Greenwood, Indiana. And I no more education. I'm through with that. And then about three years later, some people, some good friends of mine, and some very important mentors of mine, they're talking to me about getting my MBA. And I'm like, at this stage of my life, I, it's the last thing I want to do is go back to school. <laughs> I'm not, But they kept pushing me. So I prayed about it. And and I think God's hand was involved. And I talked to my wife about it. And surprisingly, she thought I should do it too, right? So when the wife agreed, I was like, man, that's something I need to consider, right? Because I was busy. I was was working full time. I was pastoring. I had a young family, right? I was, well, not too young, but a family. But I was busy, right? But my wife said, no, you should go ahead and do it. So we went forward and I got my, my MBA from Purdue. I went back to Purdue, Craner School of Business, international program, ended up with two MBAs. I have an MBA from Purdue and an MBA from another school in Europe. So two MBAs. It took a little time. But what I learned from that is, you know, many times the reason why we don't go after certain things is we think we don't have enough time. We have plenty of time. It's if you budget your time, right? So I budgeted my time I cut out some of the TV, I cut out some of the golf, I come out, cut out some of the non-essential time-wasting things that I was doing, and it was a lot of them. A lot of them were entertaining myself, right? right? So I cut out of that and didn't watch any Pacer games for about 18 months, right? No football games, I cut all that out, and I went back and I went to school, put up extra 20 hours. I had to find 20 hours a week to do that, for about 18 months and we got it done. And I got my MBA, a couple of degrees, right? So my path has been more on that way, getting degrees and um, more on the theology side, but also have my MBA. Um, so that's been very interesting. A lot of life lessons as it relates to, you know, working hard, managing your time, making sure that you focus on the right things. Right. It's kind of allowed me to kind of be where I am today. Right. So. So, uh, you know, I thank God for the path. It's been very interesting. Right. But but, you know, if you put forth the effort, you put forth the time, you can get the appropriate results. So, So I'll stop there. You know, I could talk about myself forever, Mark. But why don't you kind of talk your path was a little different. Again, we spent. Man, we spent about, I don't know, 10, 12 years together lockstep but talk about your path a little bit you know sure. kind of,
0: yeah the only the the only time i think we spent apart was both of our child rearing years and yeah. we were that's both right. raising our kids that's the times that we weren't talking as much
1: that's true because uh, we we're here busy we
0: go yeah because we had plenty to do but here we are with two visions colliding and true north is created so a little bit of background, and I'll try not to repeat things that uh, Frank's already said. I have I a have little twist on some things that he mentioned. So I was uh, raised primarily by my mother. Uh, she had my brother and I, and also had a cousin, another male. My mom was built to raise boys, turn them into men. And uh, four foot 11 would carried a big stick. And uh, you learn real quick, quickly. And the funny thing is, she wasn't a dis- disciplinarian, but one of the first things I learned in my life was responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this for folks that may be a little younger. My mom worked, she had a modest job, modest income, owned our home, owned, would buy cars as we needed them, et cetera, et cetera. But there wasn't a whole lot of money left. And we grew up in a, I call it upper, lower-income neighborhood. (laughs) I've been using that for years, Frank. And today, it would be called the hood. Back then, it wasn't. Not at all. But I learned responsibility. And the reason I say that is my mom had it tough enough. And I knew I could look myself in the mirror at a very young age and say, Why would I make her life any more difficult? So no drugs, no jail time, no running the streets, none of that. Now, when it came to parties, that's different because I love music and you couldn't get me off the dance floor. But that hasn't changed, by the way, 40 some years later. But I I think that's important to know. At a young age, I did learn what responsibility was about. And uh, my mom was big on work ethic. I mean, she worked nights, she worked days, she she worked every shift you can think of. And one of the things that she left uh, a strong impression on me is that when you were in her house, it was never, are you going to go to college? It was always, where are you going to go to college? She didn't go to college. She graduated from Shortridge. My dad didn't make it through high school, not because he couldn't. But life called him uh, for different responsibilities with his eight uh, siblings. So, it, again, real important uh, point in my life as I look back, not if, but where. And uh, off we went to Purdue. Back to uh, high school, the things that I learned at Crispus Addicts High School, there were a number of HBCU uh, professors at its high school. And like Frank mentioned, character you learn. Uh, One of the other things I picked up on was discipline from the basketball coach that we both had. My angle was, if you were late to practice, you were in trouble. It was running, it was losing playing time. You might sit the bench the whole next game. So I learned, because this was the first really tough male figure I had in my life. No excuses. I was a nice kid. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Held me to a very, very high standard of discipline. And I never forget it. He told me he mellowed out later on in life, but man, he didn't mellow out when he had us. Uh, I won't take you too deep down that path. So very important point, discipline. I had to show up when I was supposed to be there. I had to do what I was supposed to do or there was consequences. So if you don't have discipline in your life, you better go get some because it lasts forever. Frank couldn't Mm -hmm. have finished all of his degrees if he had no discipline. He has to get up. He has to use his time wisely. He has to uh, cut out those things that might have been fun and let all those go to get accomplished his goal. So big one. Responsibility and discipline are two things I want to point out first. Uh, Another one, and this was huge in my life. uh, By the time I was a sophomore so in high school, uh, like Frank said, we were big fish in a small pond. I had a chemistry teacher, HBCU graduate. I think Tuskegee or or, uh, Fisk, one of the two. I think it was Tuskegee. One of the things he did that I'll never forget. He said, Mr. Davis, you have the talent and skill to get in the get into college. You're going, I think you do well at some place like Purdue. And he said, you have an obligation to do well for your community. And think of that. Think of what kind of pressure that puts on you to say, you need to deliver. You need to bring it. You can't mm-hmm. go there and. and You know, waste time and screw up. So I had a lot of pressure going into Purdue. So I never forgot that. And just a side note the same month I was promoted to chief operating officer is the month he passed. I was looking for him to thank him. And uh, you know how it is, you Google search, and oftentimes the obituary is the first thing that comes up. So I was really sorry to hear that I didn't get a chance to tell Mr. Johnson how much I appreciate what he did. And that carried me, that's carried me to this very day. And um, so anyway, responsibility, discipline, and accountability. I now owe. I go to Purdue, just like Frank. Now he was one step ahead in math than I was. So he started in calculus. I started in tree. It doesn't matter It's Purdue. I tell you what, my first, my first test, I got a D as well. I got a 27. I never got a score like that. Because just like Frank, I put 45 minutes and probably had half my eye on the TV watching the Pacer game. And thought, oh, this will work. This is what I've done before. I already know all this stuff. Well, you go to Purdue's class and you're now a, uh, what is it, a minnow in an ocean? And it's these kids come in there, they're bringing the heat. And for a lot of them, it's very easy. This stuff is easy for them. So I learned, just like Frank did, I had to roll up my sleeves and get in there and swing. And uh, later on in my, my career, uh, sorry, later in my education with Purdue, I learned to take school just like a job. So I'd get up in the morning, head to my first class, 7.38 in the morning. I'd take all my books. There was no more go to the first two classes, go back to the dorm and sleep. Then get up and go back to campus, take your next class and come back. It was, you get there, you take your class in between classes, you're studying, you're doing homework, you're reading. All of those things that I found that as I applied myself really made a difference. I'll tell you one key, and my kids hear this a lot or have heard it a lot, is read before you go to the class. I was used to, you know, you show up and whatever the teacher brought, you work with it. No, 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 no. I would read ahead. I would actually take a stab at what I thought would be the uh, problems we would do. And I got to the point I was doing them, uh, you know, well in advance. And I started getting the best class. I'm sorry, best grade in class. I had uh, made dean's list twice, and uh, I owe it to it's. Time budget, as time uh, as, uh, Frank describes it. I didn't know what I didn't know it was that when I was in school, but I know I needed to apply myself. And the best way I was going to compete was to try harder than the next person. It might have got me to the same level, but I had to put in more effort to get the results. And back into my college career, I ended up with multiple offers. I think I had five or six offers. So even though they started ahead of me, they didn't necessarily end ahead of me. <laughs> so the little kid from the west side of Indianapolis applied all that discipline, work ethic, responsibility, put it in a, a kind of focused it, applied it, and off I went. So I come out of school. I, um, I picked the company I co-op with, which was a local power company. I was an electrical engineer, so I went to the power company, enjoyed it, you know. For most people on the outside in, it wasn't the most exciting industry to go into, but it did all right for me. So I was the first African-American engineer at the company. And remember what my chemistry professor said, you have an obligation to do well for your community. So I'm going in with that as well. So, you know, I'm grinding out, doing my thing at work and uh, did fine. And uh, all of a sudden, later in my career at uh, the power company, the company got bought and the new owners came in and said, ah, we don't know you, we don't care about you. We're in it for us. And you need to figure this out for yourself. And I was like, huh? The first time, i it's almost like that D I got. It was a bucket of cold water in the face. And I said, I'm used to this company being like a family to me. I showed up as long as I did what I was supposed to do. A nice, solid middle-class life was waiting for me. And that's what moved me. Think about where I came from. That was way better than other folks in my family were doing at the time. Now, I had three kids. So the the, uh, bucket of cold water hits me in the face. I walk into my office and I have three kids pictures i'm sorry i have one picture of my three babies and i sat there and said for the first time you've got to take care of them no matter what and it was an epiphany and i had a breakthrough and i said you know what i've gotta i gotta start looking out for me because it's not my ego it's my responsibility so that's a lot of what uh kicked in in my career and i don't want to forget this point either I was in my mid to late 20s when the Lord found me. And that built a foundation for me that is beyond compare. I mean, there is no word. I can't give you the words to say what that did for me. And that's a big part of what we're about with True North. So with that foundation under me, my fear level for providing for my kids went down a lot. I thought, I'm going to be able to figure this thing out. All of a sudden, I get a call from a recruiter uh, to head to Milwaukee, uh, new a new uh, utility company. Rare that you hear new ones. So I was very excited to get in on the ground floor of a startup. I show up there. They really want it. And uh, I appreciated that. So I put the effort. I, I joked that I put my one business suit with my one red power tie, and I went in there, and uh, just a quick aside, I was competing for this uh, director of construction job. Well, the guy I was competing with, I did not know, but he had rebuilt downtown Chicago when they had the blackout in the late 90s. My biggest project was $11 million project out by the airport. He's doing billions if you add up over the years. That's who I'm competing with. But here's where the foundation of knowing who you are and whose you are. So I go in there and I compete and I did the best that I could. As we say in sports, I left it on the court. So I didn't feel any kind of way whether I got it or not. I had no idea who I was competing with. And ultimately, the other gentleman got the job. But the recruiter said, I don't know what you did, but they said, Mark Davis is going to join our company. So they carved out a new spot for me, where I had a ton of responsibility, and uh, we loaded up the truck and we moved to Milwaukee. <laughs> so again, walking into a, a situation where I left all my family here, but it was my destiny. And when I was talking to people at the company I left, I talked about it was my destiny. So a lot of what I was sharing with you all in the career side, the work career, was the uh, application of all those things I had learned before, undergirded, supported, wrapped around my spiritual beliefs and my God. That's what put the, uh, I don't wanna say, that's what wrapped around me. So the courage to move out of Indianapolis, which was no walking the park, I did that. And uh, off I went to Milwaukee and I won't keep going too too much farther. The the same skills I talked to you about before are what I applied through this next phase of my career. I had one window in there where I had a, a COO at the time who didn't think I could walk and chew gum. Well. What Frank talked about on the teamwork sports, uh, the sports side, he didn't tell you somebody had to get him the ball. Guess who that was? So I learned as a, as a point guard and what have you, I learned what it took to win. So that's what I was applying at this company. Well, this lady expected something totally different than what I was. And I said, I'm, you know, she can lean on me all she wants. I'm not going place. I know I can win. And all of a sudden, it started coming together. The company was performing better and the costs were down. It's Like, well, there you go. So one other nugget I would leave for those on the career side, whenever you're in a business environment, new, old, doesn't matter, determine what the key performance indicators are. How does the company make money? How is the company successful? Somewhere in there, you will find yourself. You might be eight layers low. I don't know. In my case, I'm right there. Today, as chief operating officer, I'm the one accountable. But you got to find what measures you use. And what you'll find is is good career advice. I know it is because it was good for me. My opinion, if I told Frank, uh, you know, I'm good at XYZ, he may or may not believe me. But if I walk in and say, well, here's the here's the facts, here's the data, here's the spreadsheet, like math is an exact science. Look at the numbers, Frank. You don't need my opinion. You argue with the facts, not me. You may not like me. It's the same thing. The lady who didn't think I could walk and chew gum, here you go. I'll be over here when you need me. <laughs> and what she found out later is that I had vision. That's something the Lord blessed me with. I could see down the road and build my plan to get there. So I'll uh, I'll stop there. Uh, maybe in the future, we'll talk about marriage and kids and all the whole uh, responsibilities that come with that. It's a beautiful thing. No it walk is. in the park, but it is is a beautiful thing. It is. So, it is. So I think that's uh, a fairly good background on both of us, Frank. Um, I, I
1: agree, Mark. Thank you for that.
0: Yep. yep. Thank you.
1: Yeah, no, I thought that your key points were outstanding. I can relate to them. I was there with you for a lot of those. I remember them. Mm -hmm. Right. I remember Mm -hmm. your successes. Right. So, so I appreciate that sharing. Hopefully that helps somebody. We just walked down four decades of
0: memory lane for you. (laughs) And And the key we want you to know is. We did not start with a silver spoon at all.
1: It wasn't even wood.
0: I don't think it was even a wood spoon. What what I think you heard is we had an obligation and responsibility to use the gifts we've been given. And Mm -hmm. I'll tell you this, and Frank, you probably remember this. I know my graduating class was under 200. Mm -hmm. And of the 200, 10% were headed to college. Mm -hmm. So... That's a very, very small percentage. Very. So
1: I, had yeah. to,
0: I had to, you know, represent Christmas Addicts as best I could, uh, even right. with my, my D intrigue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. You and me <laughs> both. Yeah. Well, we learned. You just have to learn from those situations and reapply yourself. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So, so thanks, Mark. Right? You close. Yeah. and close us out. So... Well, we'll talk to you real, real soon, Mark. Any closing words you have
0: for no, the audience? No, just uh, thanks for those to, uh, who listened to or watched our podcast. Either way, hopefully there's one, two, three, ten things you picked up on that can help you. That's the whole point. In our season of life, keeping knowledge and experience is unacceptable. We mm. have to give back. And Absolutely. that's exactly what we're doing. If there's anything else we knew, we give it to you. That's exactly right. And over right. the course of this podcast, there's a lot more we will give to you. So Please. hang in there with us. Uh, Please. We got plenty, plenty coming.
1: We're going to leave it all on the court, just like Mark there you said. Go. Leave it all on the court. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks,
0: everyone. Thanks, i Appreciate it.